Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. It says that Abram's children, Isaac and Jacob, they followed in his footsteps. Our faith not only gets us to heaven, but I believe it takes others along with us. It influences others. And the story of Abraham's faith and the final measure of his walk of obedience and faith will not be able to be weighed until the last human being has been born. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Our faith has the ability to influence those around us without us even realizing it. If we walk and practice in the faith of Christ, it will inspire and encourage others to follow suit. Pastor Ed tells us today that there were years of Abraham's life where onlookers considered him to be crazy. Following God's promises to him, Abraham was led far from the normal life he'd have had otherwise. If he'd not done as God told him, though, the influence he's had on the world, even up till now, would be lost. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. We pray, and there are people praying now, God, come and visit with this people. Let them sense your presence. Let them know that you are here, because it's God's presence that strengthens us. Suddenly Abraham has this encounter with God and his vision of God overcomes his vision of the Canaanite. And it's the vision of God that's going to help you overcome all the obstacles and trials and troubles and the things that you face. I like the way Oswald Chambers said it. God is not a supernatural interferer. God is an everlasting portion of his people When a man born from above begins his new life, he meets God at every turn, hears him in every sound, sleeps at his feet, wakes to find him there. Page back through your journals. Go back in your memory. Can you remember those times that God met with you and spoke to you? Maybe it was through his handmaiden or through his servant. Maybe it was through a divine encounter. But don't forget those. Hold on to them. Treasure those. Take those back out again. And renew your vision of God. Our encounter with God enables us to face trials. Now, I I see something else in this text as you look at verse 8. We express a life that demonstrates our faith. If you believe it, and you really believe it, you can't hide it. You're going to live it. If you look at Genesis 12, 8, it says there, From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. Now, you've you got to think about where Abraham was coming from. The Earl of Chaldeas, they had state-of-the-art buildings there. They were good home builders there. Brick, ornate, wonderful stonework. And suddenly, he's living in a tent, traveling from place to place to place. 
Why did God do that? God was, I believe, showing the generations that would follow after him that this world is not our home. We're only passing through. Now, the New Testament writer of the book of Hebrews looks back to the Old Testament occasion of Abram living in a tent, and he makes this commentary found in Hebrews 11.9. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger and in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Faith makes us strangers in this present world. To be a stranger means you're a resident alien. You're a foreigner. Somehow, we feel that if we could just get enough things around us, we'll have security. We have this nesting instinct. We want to build our nest around us. Oh, here's some memorabilia from my past. Here's some treasures from this present world. Here's something else. And we just want everything so comfortable. The problem is God is constantly pulling that nest apart on you and saying, no, no, you're meant to fly through this world. You're not meant to make this world your residence. You're not meant to live in this world. You're just meant to pass through this world. Faith makes us strangers in this present world. I was reading about a story of Christians traveling through the Middle East. And they heard about a wise, devout follower of Jesus. And they knew this man for his spirituality was well known in that community. And they decided, we want to stop and visit him. So they stopped at his home and they noticed that it was very simple. There was a rough cot, a chair, a table. There was a battered stove for heating and cooking. And the visitors were actually shocked to see how few earthly possessions he had. And one just blurted out and said, "Uh, well, where's your furniture? And this aged saint replied, where's yours? (laughs) The visitors spurted out, why at home, of course, I don't carry it with me. I'm traveling. (laughs) And the old Christian said, so am I, so am I, so am I. Are you traveling through or are you setting up your residence here? Uh, Abraham had no foundations, as it were, in this world. He looked for a city whose foundation was in heaven. That's where we ought to be setting our eyes, setting our goal towards What's this life about? The work that we're involved in? The uh, things that we do? Well, John Ruskin said it well. The highest reward for man's toil is not what he gets for it, but what he becomes by it. The highest reward for man's toil is not what he gets for it, but what he becomes by it. What are you becoming now? The job that you work at, the ministry that you're involved in, the children that you're raising, the challenges that you face, how are they impacting your life? Are they make us more more and more like Jesus Christ? Are we more and more, as it were, strangers in this present world? Or are our roots going down so deep into this world that it would take a miracle to separate us from this earth? See, faith makes us residents of a coming world. 
In Hebrews 11.10, it reads, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder were the Lord's, is God. I love my neighborhood. I just really enjoy where God has given me to live. It's beautiful lanterns, nice streets, lined with trees, and I love to walk early in the morning or late at night. I just thank God for my home. But I tell you, there's another home that God's preparing for me that's far more beautiful. That I'll enjoy so much more. And maybe many of you, like myself, could look at all that you have and you say, Oh God, I thank you for all that you've blessed me with. But really, the greatest blessings are ahead, not behind. Back in 1997, U.S. News World Report did a survey on who people thought were going to heaven. And I I found it real interesting. Listen to what this poll came in. Listen to how these people fared. Oprah Winfrey is very likely or somewhat likely to make heaven. What's your opinion? Now, 66% of Americans said, yeah. Now, right behind her was Michael Jordan. He has 65% of Americans felt that he would get there. Now, Al Gore and Hillary Clinton didn't score that well. They had 55%. And Bill Clinton, uh, only 52% thought he would walk on those streets of gold. Uh, I was really surprised at this one. Pat Robinson, you know what he came out at? 46%. I don't know who they gave this poll to. Newt Gingrich was 40%. And... uh, Dennis Rodman was 28, and O.J. Simpson, he had 19%. Now, Mother Teresa grabbed the best. She had 79% of Americans say that she's going to make heaven. But the real surprising thing of this was 87% of Americans thought that they were going to get there. (laughs) If we really think we're going there, do we live like it? Just, I want to give our young people a picture of their future. I just want you to think about the pictures. That you, did you ever look at your mom and dad, their picture albums, when they were married? Didn't they look young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they look young. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be looking at your pictures and say, boy, in high school, college. And then you're going to look at your wedding pictures. Yeah, you, you're going to get married. <laughs> you're going to look at your wedding pictures and you're going to say, man, And before you know it, you're going to look at your kids and then you're going to look at them as they graduated. And then before you know it, you'll be sitting down with your children and saying, yeah, this was grandma and grandpa. My mom and dad. Life goes so quickly. One of the indicators that we hold on so tenaciously to this life is As you get older, you bemoan those lost moments. And you'd like to travel back into those pictures, just as it were, for a moment. But I want you to look at another photo album. A photo album of heaven. I could see some pictures there. I see some pictures of people that I love very deeply. A lot of folks that I knew it... Trinity Tabernacle back in Brooklyn. Bill and Rose can identify with that. I could picture them worshiping God. 
I think about a photo album of um, pastors like uh, Pastor Jackson and Pastor Ira Elliott and Pastor Damiani. And and sometimes I think about them and I wonder if they ever look in on a Sunday morning and like to add a couple of changes to my sermon outline. (laughs) But, But I could picture those people in heaven. Can you picture what family albums are going to be like in heaven? How in the world are they ever going to do a family album of Abraham? His descendants would be like the sands of the sea and the stars of heaven. You're in that family tree, you know, because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're part of that family of Abraham. He is your father, as it were. So could you imagine that? There he is, Mike Bell, you know, way back over there. And he's in that picture. Uh, there's Sue. She's, she's right in that picture over there. And then they'll have smaller picture albums. Man, I'm so glad that you witnessed to me, Danielle. I'm so glad you told me about Jesus. Now I'm in heaven because of you. I'm so glad that you were faithful to teach that Sunday school class because, Dan, I was at a point where I didn't know if I'd keep on going with the Lord, but your words picked me up and kept me going. And so there's going to be some other photo albums of people that are going to identify with you. Your faith kept him going. And Abraham said he looked for that city whose foundation and builder was the Lord. Are you looking forward to that day? There's going to be some pictures in there that you're going to carry with you. No, it's not going to be of that nice house that you live in or that beautiful car that you drive. But when you went the second mile with that brother. There's going to be a picture when you turn the other cheek and you didn't gossip when they gossiped about you. Because in those pictures, I noticed something. You most look like Jesus. And they're going to be saved for heaven's photo album. We're looking for that city whose builder and maker was the Lord. Uh, There's one other thing. As I look at these texts, I notice in verses 4 to 9, we start off with a Canaanite in the land, and that teaches us that we encounter trials that challenge our faith. And then we see Abram moving from a residence to a tent, and we see that uh, it expresses, it demonstrates our faith. By the way we live, people know if we have faith. They know if we're living for that heavenly city or if we're living for this earthly city. Now, I, time is getting on, so I, I have to make this last point quickly. But what establishes places of worship? We establish places of worship that exhibit our faith. Look at this in Genesis twelve eight. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Dotted across the landscape of the land of Canaan were altars. Yeah, dotted right across. Uh, Abraham worshipped God here. Uh, Abraham worshipped God here. Uh, And then his children would come, and his grandchildren would come, and their grandchildren would come, and the stories would be told of Abraham's faith. When Joshua gathered the people together in his last 
sermon, as it were, to the people of Israel, he brought them back to the place that Abraham first came to when he came in the land. And he gathered them together. Listen to his words. Then Joshua assembled, assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned elders and leaders and judges and officials of Israel. They presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says long ago to your forefathers, including Abraham. More than buildings are places of worship that we establish. Places that commemorate God's work and grace in our life. The altar is a place of commemoration to God. In verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, Your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. I have places like that. I remember a young man, shy and timid. I was getting ready to go to Bible college. And they were going to pray for me. And I prayed, oh, God, would you do something special for me? When I come on the platform and Pastor Greco prays, would you allow him to give a prophetic word to me? When I walked on the platform and they laid hands, God gave a prophetic word through my home church pastor to me. I have it written in my Bible and I go over it again and again just to remind me of God's promise to me. That's a place where I worshiped and walked with God. I, I could still picture it now. Kneeling in Baltimore in a church, Trinity Assembly of God, Earl Baldwin praying next to me. And I looked up to this man of faith and I said, Earl, would you please pray for me? I'd like to have faith in my heart like you have. I looked at the facility that they had built and the work of God that had been done. And now as we go into this building program, I hear his words and I hear his prayer over my life as he laid hands and placed his hand on me. These are altars of commemoration in my mind. I'm reminded of a time when I was a youth, worked with youth, and back in my home church, I couldn't go to sleep that night, Pastor Ryan. It's about one o'clock and I was praying for one of our young people. His name was Dan. I knew God had a call on his life and Dan was flirting, as it were, that time with the world and he really wasn't walking as close to God and, and I stayed up that night praying hours. Lord, you've called him into the ministry. Let him be faithful. And now Dan and Verso and I talk we talked last night and we prayed together and he's preaching this morning. That's an altar of commemoration where I, I think back to a time where I prayed and met with God. Do we have those places where we commemorate the work of God, his intervention in our life, these places of commemoration are necessary. Uh, I see something else. And finally, the altar is a place of communion with God. I, I want to quickly, chapter 12, verse 8. And from there he went on towards the hill east of Bethel. 
There he built an altar and called on the name of the Lord. All the while, Abraham was building altars, places of worship. Now his brother, Nahor, he was building towns. He was building cities. Put the last PowerPoint up. Contrasting two brothers, Abraham and Nahor. In 12.6, Abraham's traveling through the land. In Hebrews 11.9, says he's a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. In Genesis 24, Nahor has built a town, a city. Maybe it was his grandfather or him who built it. But they were involved in building a city. If you were to stop a contemporary of Abram, Whatever happened to Abram? I don't know. He's wandering around in the wilderness, never really made much of himself. You know, he's living in tents. But let me tell you about his brother. He built a beautiful city, and my, it, 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 it was modeled after the era. It, it, it was beautiful streets. What a, what a wonderful place to live. So if you were to ask his contemporaries, but listen, don't ever judge a man's life. By the few short years, it takes centuries. In fact, you're going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be able to evaluate the value of a man or a woman's life. We wouldn't know anything about Nahor or anything about that city that he had built if it were not for Abram. Who knows? the impact that your life will have as you build that altar. It says that Abram's children, Isaac and Jacob, they followed in his footsteps. Our faith not only gets us to heaven, but I believe it takes others along with us. It influences others. And the story of Abraham's faith in the final measure of his walk of obedience and faith, will not be able to be weighed until the last human being has been born and the last person has been born again. Because Abraham's faith really blessed untold generations. Don't measure your life by the way people measure things of this present world. Measured only by your obedience to Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The journey of faith is a lot different than sometimes we think. Suddenly we meet a Canaanite in the land. Oh, I thought coming to faith assembly of God was going to be all, you know, I was going to be on the mountaintop every week. I thought everything was going to, I thought I had found the perfect church. Oh, there's some Canaanites in the pews. <laughs> you met some things that you didn't expect. The Christian life is not always what you expect. But know this, that the Lord will stand beside you and comfort and strengthen you. Know that God wants you to live not as a resident, but as a stranger, just traveling through. Please, you're 70, or 80, or 90, years, whatever God grants you, how do you weigh that in comparison to eternity? 
live for eternity, it's worth it. Build those altars, those places of worship where you meet with God. Thank you, Pastor Ed, for bringing us that great teaching from the life of Abraham. We have so much more to learn from the man who lived such an incredible life of faith, and yet still messed up sometimes, trying to make God's promises come true on his own. When we're in that space of waiting for God to come through and fulfill his promises, it's so easy to take our eyes off him and try to make things happen with our own efforts. We hope today's message encouraged you to keep your eyes fixed on God today and commit to waiting for him to do things in his timing. Doing life in community with other believers encourages us and strengthens us as we wait on Jesus. Do you have a church home? If you're in or around Poughkeepsie, New York, you're invited to join us at Faith Assembly. We'd love to be the people who come around you to encourage you in this life. We have services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. filled with biblical teaching from Pastor Ed and worshiping God together. You'll find directions and more information when you visit our website, buildinginfaithradio.com, and clicking on the Back to Home page tab. If you aren't in the area but would still like to listen to more of Pastor Ed's teachings, check out buildinginfaithradio.com as well. There you can find a wide variety of archived messages from Pastor Ed. We've enjoyed our time together with you today, and we hope you'll tune in next time for Building in Faith. Your word restores.